Hello, church. Great to be with you here today, this afternoon. So I'm going to be reading from scripture later on, but I'd like to kick it all off with a story about a bike. I remember when I was younger, and it was, I think, my seventh birthday, I'd just gotten a brand new bike. This was a good bike. It was flash, it had all the bells and whistles, so to speak, all the gears, and it was fast. One day, I was in the park with my mum and my siblings, and I'd ridden just a bit ahead out of her sight, probably for her liking. Being the very responsible kid that I was, I decided to wait for her to catch up. So I sat on this bench, and I waited. As I did this, I saw two teenagers approaching me on this one old, battered BMX bike. They stopped, and they began showering me with compliments about how amazing my bike looked and how cool it was, and they started pestering me whether they could have a quick go on it. Without any hesitation, I applied the sharing is caring rule, and how could I not share such an amazing bike? Just as I added, make sure quick, my mum's just around the corner. I saw the one of the boys get on my bike, and I saw them disappear into the distance, further and further, until they were out of the park. They definitely took my advice on being quick. For a few seconds, I was in too much shock to really understand what had just happened. But then my heart sank, and I can only describe what I had as a shattering of trust. I hadn't had the strange danger lesson imparted on me, I guess, so I had to learn it the hard way. Let's turn to scripture. I'll be reading from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. So if you have it, that's okay. Turn to it in your Bibles. If not, I'm sure it'll appear on the screen behind me. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to the son and he gave him the name Jesus. What is trust? Well, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, or the ability of someone or something. Today I'll be looking and focusing on the someone part of that definition, that someone being God, looking at how we can trust him, why we should, and how our trust in God might differ to a worldly view. Looking at this passage, there's so much that could be unpacked, but when I was preparing for it, what stood out to me was just Joseph's complete trust in God. If we think about for a second what he's being told, you know, Joseph was naive. I'm sure he understood basic biology, where babies come from. Uh, He, when he found out, he must have been devastated that the woman he's going to marry is not carrying his child. How many of us, if we were put in his shoes, would just accept what we were being told? However, Joseph chose to trust in God and obey him. He didn't act on his own understanding of the situation, but instead he did as God commanded, without any hesitation. The passage says, when he woke up. 
It didn't say later on. It didn't say tomorrow. It didn't say when he felt like it. It said in that moment, he woke up and he did as the Lord commanded. Being a prominent procrastinator myself, I'm definitely guilty of this in everyday life, let alone with what God commands. So that's my question to you. How often do we just fill our time up with trivial stuff and put stuff back and back and further back instead of just trusting God in the moment and choosing to obey him? You see, putting your trust in God cultivates a greater intimacy with him. Joseph must have had so many questions, I'm sure, even after the angel appeared to him. But he chose to put his trust in God and he stepped out in obedience. So how can we trust God like Joseph did? It can seem so hard at times with everything that goes on in the world, with poverty and famine and war, day-to-day life. But the good news is we can strengthen our trust in God by spending time with him, by reading scripture, by leaning on him in just the smallest and the biggest things. And I found one of the best things that you can do is listen to other people's testimonies. I find it so encouraging each week at Small Group hearing what God's doing in people's lives. However big or small it might seem to them, it is just such testament of putting trust in him and obeying him. And actually, as we do all of these things, we allow ourselves to open up more to God's good and loving nature, making it easier for us to trust him with all our hearts, not leaning on our own understanding of the situation, but submitting to him in everything, knowing that he will lead us. So, what's to stop us from trusting Joseph, from God like Joseph did in that moment, without any hesitation? Is it our priorities, the busyness of our life? For me, I know growing up as a kid, although I might have seemed outwardly confident, I had a fear holding me back uh, from deepening my trust and obedience and therefore relationship with God. That fear was of what people thought of me or what they were going to think, even if they almost certainly weren't thinking it. You see, trust and fear are inversely related. There's a part of the brain called the amygdala, which is responsible for, amongst other things, the function of fear. If there are high levels of trust with a situation or with a person, that amygdala's activity is low. However, if there is a breach of trust in the brain's conflict detector, that fear goes into overdrive. So why can we trust God? Well, this perhaps could be asked before the how. But at the same time, Joseph's story is one of complete surrender, a story of what seemed to be invisible faith put into visible action. The way he responds initially to hearing Mary's, the news of Mary's pregnancy, we can see that all he wanted to do was the right thing. And throughout the Gospels, Joseph is described as a righteous person. And although what happened must have been a huge shock to him, all he wanted to do at that moment, his gut reaction, was to spare Mary any humiliation, any shame, and potential death. When reading this, this was such a powerful challenge to me, to just hear about a man who's found out his fiancée is bearing a child that's not his own. In that moment, he chose to trust God, knowing that God will provide for him. This is why we can trust in God, you see. Joseph understood Jesus' greatness. He knew that Mary's son would save people from their sin. And Joseph trusted in God, and he knew that God always provided exactly what he had promised. Now, this here wasn't the last time it happened for Joseph either, where he was called and trusted to obey God. When they were fleeing to Egypt as refugees, and later on when they would return home to skeptical neighbors who were aware of Mary's atypical pregnancy, I'm sure. But you see, for Joseph, walking in obedience with God might have resulted in humiliation and disgrace amongst men, but it meant that having its trust and putting in God, 
he would lead him and he would guide him every single step of the way. So as I come to a close, let me leave you with this. Putting trust in God and obeying him is superior to trusting in the world and its ways. Psychologist Eric Erickson said that the development of trust happens during the very early stages, the first two years, generally speaking, of a human's life. See, as humans, we tend to be very trusting from a very young age. And as we grow, we become less naive to the evils of the world, and we trust less and less and less, whether that be people or places, whatever it might be. Now, as sad as it was having my bike stolen from me at the time, and equally painful for my parents, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it is the perfect example of my trust being misplaced. In contrast, if we put our trust in God, our trust does not diminish. It continues to grow exponentially. We grow in our relationship with God by choosing to obey him, and it just becomes easier and easier and easier. This is the good news. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He sent his only son to die for your sins on the cross. You see, a pleasing life to God is one like Joseph's in the story. It is a story of complete trust and obedience. So that's my challenge to you, church, this Christmas and this Advent. Where are you putting your trust? How can you trust God in your everyday life? I'll leave you with this. Blessed is the one who trusts in God and whose confidence is in him. Amen.